0: Hello everyone and welcome to another new episode of Force Ghost Coast to Coast, a podcast all about all things Star Wars, hosted by the Multiversity Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Alice W. Castle, and joining me today, um, pretty much as always at this point, is Brian Salvatore. How are you doing, Brian?
1: Good, Alice. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well because this episode we're going to be talking primarily about the upcoming Star Wars Resistance, which is due to premiere... Next month, October, I think 7th, I believe.
1: Yes, I I will, um, I will be dragging my tired ass home from New York Comic Con to watch that.
0: Oh my god, is that like right it's, when it's dropping? It's,
1: it, New York Comic Con ends at like 5 or 6 and that debuts at 7, I think. So yeah. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> so what I think we wanted to do is the Lucasfilm hasn't really dropped a lot of information about the show. I mean, I was just checking there. We are four episodes away from the fact that we just talked about it being announced. You know, this is, <laughs> what, episode six did we're on? Episode 12, we talked about the show being announced for the first time. So it's been quite a quick run-up from announcement to, like, first trailer to basically the show coming out next month. So I kind of wanted to do part primer, part hype talk, what we know is going to happen, what we hope might happen, and just whatever we find out on the way.
1: So here's my question. I I don't like the way that animated shows tend to be rolled out lately. I feel like okay, there's this trend of releasing a a pilot a month or so before the rest of the episodes drop. Do we know if that's happening, or are
0: episodes um,
1: starting right after the pilot premieres?
0: I have no idea, and we can check live. Well, he well, here is live on air.
1: Here is what I found. Okay. I found that um, it says the series will debut in the U.S. on Disney Channel on October 7th, 2018, with Disney XD airing the series later in the United States and worldwide. That, huh. that says nothing. <laughs> that says absolutely that is, nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is very strange.
1: Because I know, like for instance, there's a new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show starting on Nickelodeon soon, but they've already released the first like five episodes online even though the first episode hasn't aired on... No, I'm sorry. The first episode aired on television. Then they are not starting airing them again until I think it's October, but they've released four more online. And, like, you know, as I'm managing the schedule for Multiversity, every week I have to email whoever's doing... Like the Ducktales, like this year Justin was doing Ducktales reviews. Like Justin, mm-hmm. is there an episode this week? Because I don't know. Like the schedule is just so up in the air with animation stuff. There's no consistency, yeah. so I don't know if it's we're very gonna, strange. I don't know if we're gonna get the first episode of Resistance and then not get anything else for a few months, or if the next week is starting. And Lucasfilm and Disney really haven't given us any clues to that.
0: Yeah. So on IMDb, and I know IMDb is not exactly the holy grail. Of information, but it's kind of what I used as a, a barometer when Rebels was releasing uh-huh. as I was uh, writing for it for the fit, for the site. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 1, The Recruit, it just has October 2018 as the real estate, but we know that's October 7th. Right. Then episode 2 is listed as 20th of October, okay. with episode 3 being 27th of October. Okay. So it might be the fact that The Recruit, it's kind of pilot, is dropping start of October, it's gonna give it a couple of weeks and then start in full. Well, or so bad, IMDb's lying to me, I don't know.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just happy it's not going to be a very long wait between the pilot and the series itself.
0: Yeah. Because I'd be very surprised if they did that. Because I know they kind of did that with Rebels, the kind of first couple of where they had the Spark of Rebellion and Siege of the Foul, basically like two-parters, but as a TV movie. Right. And then like a couple of weeks afterwards, they do the actual season. Um, which they stopped doing after, like, the third season, I think. But, yeah, I think it's going to be, hopefully, quite a quick roll into it.
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm um, i always amazed at how little information Lucasfilm can release when it wants to. Like, you yeah. know, um, we knew very little about The Last Jedi, aside from the trailers that we had seen by the time The Last Jedi came out. On the other hand, mm-hmm. I think we knew a fair amount about Solo, before the solo release you know it's just odd how certain projects they they shroud more in secrecy than others and this doesn't seem like a project that typically would fall into that shroud of secrecy um sort of category because i don't think that this is a particularly mysterious show
0: no that's what i found kind of strange about it is that the two things that they've shown so far they've put out a full trailer on their website and on youtube and then they've put out a little kind of mini kind of behind the scenes thing called meet team fireball which is kind of some interviews with the crew and the people making it as well as the the voice actors on it kind of like prepping people for who the the cast of characters is going to be in the 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 setting of the show and like there's nothing here that feels um worthy of any big secret it takes place six months before The Force Awakens, which is a whole other thing I want to discuss yes, in a second. That, but, yeah. um, but it looks to be focusing on uh, this kid, um, Kazda Ziono, who is sent by Poe Dameron to spy on racers, it seems like, to recruit for the Resistance. The... the Team Fireball thing kind of talks about the fact that they're they're racing for credits, they're trying to make a living on this place called the Colossus, which is from what the trail looks like this massive kind of base complex situated on a water planet, there's floating rings, everything looks kind of Superman sixty-four-ish. <laughs> um but tongue. like in a good way. <laughs> but like other than that, I'm like, how could like what is going on behind the scenes that we haven't seen? That warrants them not talking about this for like two months, and then just being like, "Oh, here's the show." Yeah, you know.
1: I think it would be different if the show was not an if they did like a uh, a Beyonce Lemonade and just kind of dropped the show, like, "Hey, we have a new show; it debuts next week." Then I mm-hmm. understand keeping everything quiet because the element of surprise is sort of the point at that at that stage. Yeah, but they gave us a fair amount of 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 you know of release they gave us a release date and a general tone and all of that right when it was announced so at this point why would you I just you're right it's a very strange decision to mm. be so secretive about it right now
0: and maybe like maybe this is something that they did with Rebels maybe this is just Lucasfilm's MO of just hey we've got this thing cooking hey here's the thing you know very little in terms of marketing because in a lot of ways, Star Wars kind of sells itself at this point, Right. so you don't really need to do a big marketing push. All you need to do is, like, hey, there's a new Star Wars kids show. Kids are going to show up for that. So, maybe that's what it is, but I'll be interested to see if there is something going on that they, they haven't kind of uh, put in the marketing, as, I should say, like that we haven't kind of gotten onto yet. Yeah. But we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um... You want to touch on that, uh, the time period now?
0: Yeah, because so Star Wars Rebels started about four or five years before A New Hope. Like each season kind of almost in real time jumped ahead a year closer to that kind of like contact point of A New Hope. Um, And we certainly saw as season three and season four rolled in more kind of, like, touching on stuff that would happen in Rogue One, that would eventually happen in in New Hope. That kind of gave them some breathing room to, like, wrap up the story without quite touching there, but being close enough that there was that kind of a through link between the two of them. Six months isn't a lot of time between the start of the show and the events of The Force Awakens, which were pretty big events, in the galaxy?
1: Right. You know, I, I wonder, because we can only presume that this is the first season of what will be a multi-season show, right? Yeah. So uh,
0: That's the assumption I'm working on here. Yeah,
1: so if that's the case, I can't imagine the first season taking place in any less than six months. Yeah. Right? So it, it kind of makes sense that the first season would end right about the time The the Force Awakens begins does that mm-hmm. be, and then what's tricky is I, my initial thought was well okay well then season 2 will take place in between the force awakens and the last jedi which is like that's days like, or weeks yeah <laughs> so that's not going to happen so maybe maybe it's just maybe it's like a really short scale story for each season maybe each season takes place over the course of a month mm-hmm. and the series ends with the beginning of The Force Awakens. But that seems like an incredibly decompressed series, doesn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're if we're still thinking in terms of, you know, 20-episode seasons, which I don't think they've confirmed whether or not we're going to get that. But that's kind of what Clone Wars was operating on, is what Rebels was operating on. I can't see why they'd kind of change that up without it being part of how they talk about the show. So I'm, I'm assuming this will, at some point, cross over, overlap, and then continue past the events of The Force Awakens. But we already know that, certainly from the trailer, we know that Poe Dameron is going to be in the show. He's an inciting factor in it. Right. But we also know that Phasma's in the show, and Kylo Ren has been confirmed as a cameo, who has actually been voiced by Adam Driver, which I think is pretty cool. I
1: agree.
0: And we know that General Leia is going to be in the show, voiced by Rachel Batera. Which is... big. Yeah. Like, I... I, maybe this is what it is. The, the, the reason why they haven't really shown off is that everything that they've shown off with the Racers, Team Fireball, this kind of setting on the Colossus, is just the first episode. And we'll see as the episodes go along, more of a connection to the war with the resistance and the the growing first order maybe
1: maybe yeah you know i i'm really trying to wrap my head around this because a part of me thinks that okay these characters can operate very much in the way that ahsoka operated in the clone wars where it's a character that is a driving force behind the series of the clone wars but ultimately can be more or less left out of the cinematic universe and you don't mm-hmm. lose too much broad stroke stuff without Ahsoka right I, yeah. I think ahsoka adds so much to the star wars canon but if you know i didn't know who ahsoka was until a year ago right so yeah. so it, it's fine so so in that way these characters can operate sort of on the periphery of star wars but because of how cl- because of how uh condensed the time frame of the new trilogy is so far. And because at the end of The Last Jedi, we essentially know that aside from the Black Squadron, which has been talked about in the Marvel comics a bit, pretty much all the resistance is in one ship. Yeah. So, again, you can sort of conveniently write off a character or two, you know, in the way they did the Black Squadron with Snap Wexley and whatnot. Um, But it just seems to me like you're you really have to squint to find a way for this to fit in easily between those films.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's kind of confusing. Like, It's something that I kind of had to wrap my head around in Rebels when it began, was when when Lucasfilm was like, hey, we're going to do a show about the Rebellion, coming off the heels of the Clone Wars, which took the major characters of that era... It took Anakin and Obi-Wan, it took, you know, Padme and Palpatine and, like, the, the characters from the prequel trilogy and expanded that universe, switching from Rebels, which then introduced a new cast of characters who were very small scale in comparison to what I was expecting, the characters I was expecting to appear. Okay. I was expecting, like, the kind of elements that we see towards the end of season three and season four, I basically I was expecting Rogue One, the show. Okay. You know, I was yeah. expecting the the kind of the start of the Rebel Alliance characters like Mon Mothma that characters like Mon Mothma being more of a presence, right. and we got you know Phoenix Squadron, and I liked eventually how they told the story of that escalation. I don't know what we're gonna get here because from a show like calling it Star Wars Resistance, there is that implication that. It is going to tie into the cause that Leia is fighting for, the the resistance against the First Order. But what one of the things that I can try to wrap my head around is how that a how that's going to relate to these racer characters, and b how that relates to the galaxy as a whole. Because did you read Bloodlines at all? the Leia novel? No,
1: I, I did not read that yet. That, that is on my shelf, waiting to be read.
0: So, one of the things I've kind of, and it happened with Phasma as well, is reading books and reading the the kind of stories that they're telling kind of around this timeline, like not during the 30-year the gap, but like brushing on the shoulders of The Force Awakens, is that no one's really felt kind of comfortable in talking about like, what the New Republic actually is like during the time of The Force Awakens. You know, no one really talks about, like, how much people know about the First Order, how an open conflict there is between them, because, like, everyone kind of knows each other by the time Force Awakens opens, but no one really... Like, there's, like, a couple of years worth of backstory there that I feel like we kind of missed out on. And I don't know... What the shape of the galaxy is like when the show will open. Because, like, I don't actually know what the hell is going on with the New Republic. And then I know in six months' time it's going to get blown up by Starkiller Base. So, like, that's kind of where I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And I'm really curious to see if any of that at all will be addressed because I'm probably just, you know, neurotic.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, but I think both of us tend to like the way. That everything connects together in the Star Wars galaxy, in the Star Wars universe, yeah. and I think that this show hasn't given us any indication yet that everything will connect through it. Yeah, you know, and, and that's sort of the thing. You know, I, I, I we'll talk about this a little more later, but I am like, have I am I finished season one of Rebels, and I'm four episodes mm-hmm. into season two, and only really at the end of season one do you begin to get any sort of uh, idea of how this show connects to the yeah. greater Star Wars universe. So maybe this is just planting seeds that will pay off in the future. But I also think that 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 both the Clone Wars and Rebels were not being released in the in the midst of new films being made. Like when did Rebels Season mm-hmm. One debut?
0: Um that was a good question. Uh October twenty fourteen it looks like yeah. Okay, and when so and so
1: that's a full year before the Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, so the the I'm pretty sure they announced new films were being made at that point. Yes, they had. Um. So like, but the the weird thing with animation is like, it, it aired 2014. No, like I don't really know when the initial meetings when that show was began production compared to when they started production on episode seven so there i don't know the behind the scenes overlap with that but i know i know what you're saying
1: you know like it was just it, it was released at a time where i think people were starved for star wars content yeah and so they were more likely in my opinion to go along with something they maybe weren't super enthusiastic about because they wanted to get They wanted to close that year until The Force Awakens opened. Sure. And so I think that there is something very different happening now where, you know, 2018 is the fourth year in a row with a Star Wars movie? Yes. You know, that's never happened before in the history of the world. And so I I, I don't know if people are going to be more discerning with their Star Wars tastes because – they don't have to be as as picky about it they, they or rather they, they, they don't have to be as like there are many more star wars options for the average fan versus if yeah. you were a star wars fan when rebels came out you know unless you were me cuz I'm an idiot you know <laughs> you you were probably watching that show you know it's just, yeah. it's just what it was and now you know i mean think about it this week i believe is this week or next is when solo it's released on blu-ray and, sure. and dvd uh it's I also so. uh you know we're, we're in the midst of i think it's three ongoing marvel series plus we have yep. a number of you know one shots and miniseries plus mm-hmm. a number of novels coming out in the next few months plus yeah isn't
0: the solo novelization about to drop with the blu-ray
1: yes it, it actually just arrived in my mailbox a day or two nice. ago. Uh, speaking of that there's apparently a couple of scenes in there involving rogue one characters
0: Yes, I saw one of the uh, um excerpts on StarWars.com. There's um kind of an addendum to the to the very end, with Enfys Nest basically meeting um Sogarera, yeah, and a very young Janerzo, and like that's who she delivers the uh the crystal uh fuel yeah. words that I can't remember. Yeah, what did so, they call that again? The hyper hyperfuel. fuel. Hyper
1: fuel. That we was go, that. yeah.
0: So that's a that's a note I really liked, where because I, I think I, we might have talked about it, where um there there's definitely a um Tognath uh as part of Enfys Nest's crew, and I wasn't sure whether it was one of the Tubes brothers from Saw's Partisans, mm-hmm. but that kind of direct connection, the idea that Enfys Nest is using funds to help fund Saw's part of the rebellion. Whether or not he's actually teamed up with the rest of the larger rebellion at that point, whether a larger rebellion even exists at that point, is something that I'm kind of interested in them still kind of like not focusing on but furthering in little ways. Right. I think is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: But anyway, back, back to resistance, you know. So my point yes. is that I, I don't know if the Star Wars audience is going to be as forgiving of a show that isn't as uh intertwined with the films or feels important now um but i'm, I'm interested to see I, I do think that getting you know oscar isaac and Gwendolyn christie and adam driver to do voices does go a yeah. long way even though i think that we're probably talking minor roles for each of them
0: yeah i would not be surprised if like poor dameron's in the first episode maybe the last episode of the season yeah. But is pretty much just there to to set up the fact that this character knows Poe Dameron is sent on a mission by him, and then is like sent off. Yes. to to do his own thing. Yeah. Um. Same with uh Phasma and Kylo Ren. If like if they show up for more than an episode, I will be very surprised. Agreed.
1: It's funny. Adam uh, the Adam Driver. I'm sorry. Um. Oscar Isaac was also a pretty major part of the new Star Tours at Disney World. And, oh really? Yeah, he uh, Po Dameron's like a character in the in the ride, and that and I'm just I'm impressed how much Disney has been able to get him to do outside of just the films. Because typically, with those sorts of with either animation or a uh, a theme park attraction, it's pretty rare to get the actual film stars to be a part of that. Yeah. So I, I'm I don't know if that's part of his contract or if he's just a uh, you know a guy who likes doing that sort of stuff or what. But I find it mm-hmm. very interesting that he's. Been so involved with the Star Wars media outside of the films.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think um, Diego Luna was quite like that. With uh, I mean, there's not a lot more they could have got out of Cassian Andor, mm-hmm. like post Rogue One, but um, they got him to come back for one of the ILMX Lab VR things. I think it was called Secrets of the Empire, and like they have um, kind of uh, Cassian Andor is like the the guide voice for that experience, and they got the goal, Luna to come back for it. So the, like, there must be, at this point, people working on Star Wars, especially actors who are just like, I get to be in Star Wars, of course I'm going to do more Star That's Wars. Right. Yeah. So I certainly hope it's part of that.
1: Yeah. So I guess uh, my question for you about Resistance right now is, you know, this looks very different than any of the Star Wars cartoons you've gotten before. This also... Yeah. We know that Dave Filoni is involved, but he's supposedly not doing day to day on this. And yeah, I, I think we can all sort of point to the return of Clone Wars as perhaps the practical reason for that.
0: that yeah, I, I as far as I'm aware, I think it's uh, he's getting like created by credit, he's getting executive producer credits. Like I think he kind of masterminded the whole thing, but he's gotten to the point where the kind of animation teams he's working with can work in the shows without his like, directs, because he was like supervising director in Clone Wars and kind of early on in uh, Rebels before Justin Ridge took over as supervising director, so like there are people that he's mentoring through the animation process that, in the same way that George Lucas mentored him through Clone Wars, right. that he's letting take the spotlight, which I really appreciate. I think it's really cool to let him kind of uh, uh, elevate these voices and his talent.
1: Absolutely. But because because he's not involved in the day-to-day because it is not in the same sort of style as Clone Wars and Rebels it looks like a Mm -hmm. a very very different show both tonally and uh subject matter wise so just from just from you know the little bit we've seen and sort of your past preferences with with media are you particularly excited about this or is the Star Wars piece of it the most exciting piece for you does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that pause there was me actually genuinely thinking about the question. Oh. <laughs> um, I genuinely don't actually think if I would be watching this based on the trailer without it being Star Wars.
1: I know I wouldn't be. And, and, and that being I that to, said... I don't say that to be negative. I, I'm just I'm being honest yeah. here. You know, I think that's the reality of it for me.
0: Um, there's, like... Christ, there's Star Wars media I still haven't consumed. I will read Infernal Squadron one day I promise <laughs> uh, that day might be 10 years from now I'll get to it um, but yeah like I do like the animation style I do like sorry I do like the art style I should say um, I think the kind of the the shading on it the like less harsh shadows I'm not I don't have the vocabulary um, to describe the kind of art style they're using I know they've talked about it being anime influenced Which you can see, I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. But I think without knowing how kind of entrenched that might become in the Star Wars lore around it, how it might touch on the events of the films, characters from there, even just kind of exploring stuff around the films. Like I, like I said, I really want to see more about the New Republic. I want Lucasfilm to even retroactively. Give me a bit more reason to care why the Hosnian system was destroyed, stuff like that. Without that, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll definitely have to. I'm. I'm not gonna not watch it, but uh, I don't know how actively excited I am for it to come out. Does that make sense? No,
1: I, I'm. I'm pretty much in the same boat. You know, I think the animation style looks fine. You know, or, the, or the art style rather you know we don't really know how the animation's going to play out yet yeah but you know i think the design of it looks fine it's um you know i am not particularly an anime guy but that doesn't mean i don't like anime you know it's just i'm not mm. it's not part of my regular sort of uh menu of media that i take in and i i also i don't know why i got the impression that the lead character i, I might have said this last episode too I got the impression the lead character was a uh, female, was a young mm-hmm. female pilot, and that really excited me. Be- uh, just like for a number of reasons, just because first of all, yeah, diversity in Star Wars I mean, it's sorely needed. Even though it's gotten much better over the last decade or so, it's still sorely needed. It certainly has. And you know, I just thinking of it from like, my dad's standpoint, my daughter would freak out if the lead of a Star Wars show was a, was a female. You know, she, w- oh, sure. she would love that. But also, just I, I just think we've seen a lot of dude pilots in star wars yeah and so i thought i was thinking the, the break from that would be would be a nice thing um yeah, the, the the trailer also played a lot more kiddie-ish than i thought it would yeah am i the only one who got that impression or did you get no
0: that i ahead? i definitely think like part of their meet uh team fireball kind of behind the scenes thing was them mentioning that like this is definitely a show aimed at young kids. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe even younger than uh, Rebels was initially. Like, Rebels is certainly aimed at a younger audience than Clone Wars, especially kind of late Clone Wars. Clone Wars eventually just started aiming towards the adults watching with their kids. Um, Let me tell you, I'm, I, I said, I'm
1: reading Dark Disciple right now. There's a lot of oh, adult yeah. stuff in that book.
0: Boy, how do you, yeah. like... I don't know how much of that book got kind of um, expanded upon once it became a novel and not uh, Clone Wars screenplays, but there's some stuff in there. I'm like, how are they going to put that in a Cartoon Network show? Yep, I agree. But yeah, like even Rebels kind of, because it moved to Disney XD, kind of the art style became less dark, became brighter. Even towards the the end of the show, its darkest moments never felt quite as dark or mature than say the the mall uh savage press palpatine fight at the end of uh what was it season four yeah like that was like a dramatic moment on par with the films you know this feels even more kind of towards a, a younger audience um obviously that's kind of just how they're they're marking it but I'm I'm actually kind of into that I think Especially after The Last Jedi, which I think was, you know, I loved it, but it's a very intense movie. Yeah. It's a very long movie. I, I don't know um if Amelia's Emily's, Emily's seen it yet she or has, what yes. she'd think
1: of it. We had to we had to break it up into two viewings.
0: Yeah. It's like I can imagine tense. that <laughs> you
1: know.
0: Um so I'm not gonna say no to um a new show mm-hmm. that is definitely aimed at kids. And I'm going to try and not judge it as an adult, kind of uh, expecting it to to appease me. Even with these kind of dumb little references that um, I kind of hope end up showing up in it. If it doesn't, I can try not to hold it against it. But uh, there's already people who are very mad at the trailer for its art style. So, hey ho.
1: I mean, that's that's the internet, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. but I, I, I can't understand getting mad at it. Like, yeah, there's a, one of the things I think that's a sign of maturity in people is when they stop presuming that everything that isn't for them is bad. Yeah. You know? And like, I, I, I think there's a very fair chance that I'm going to watch the first couple episodes of this show and it will become a show I watch with my kids for my kids Sure. Like, we watch a lot of shows that I'm not particularly in love with, but they love it Mm -hmm. and I watch it with them, right? Versus when when Amelia and I sit down to watch Rebels, I'm as excited as she is about it, you know? And so I totally am fine if it winds up being a kiddier show without the the sort of adult themes and whatever that we've come to expect, perhaps, from, from Star Wars shows. But I think that there's a difference between doing that and being honest about that versus I don't know. It's it's really it's really fascinating to me how and again I'm only, you know, fourteen or sixteen, whatever it is, episodes into Rebels, but mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me that both Clone Wars and Rebels sort of tricked their audience into thinking it was a kids' show. And I wonder if sure. this is going for that same thing.
0: I would be interested in that. Um, Like, I think certainly any story as it progresses, as states get higher, will become eventually a bit more mature. Um, I think it always, especially kids, shows, always present themselves at their most kind of youthful and exuberant to to kind of, you know, the trailer's a lot of uh, eye-catching kind of poppy colours, and I don't think that's by accident. And I think as we kind of get to know emotional stakes, there is going to naturally become even by like the, the end of Star Wars uh, Rebels season one, there was a bit more of emotional stakes. The stuff over Mustafar was getting a bit intense. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that I don't expect that to happen, but I do think overall, it's probably going to still aim younger than, maybe not younger than Rebels overall but certainly younger than Clone Wars, certainly younger than the films have been. Because uh, like even Solo got kind of... like It's a dark film uh, visually. Um, so I still think it's going to stay in that space of this is Star Wars for kids. And I think what we're seeing is that adults who... Are, are, are reacting to the films and are, are, are kind of going at this, well, Star Wars for adults isn't for me anymore, so I'm mad at that. So now I'm going to be mad at the Star Wars for kids as well because the art style's is goofy and it doesn't look like this fan-made TIE fighter thing on YouTube. Ah, oh, Brian, <laughs> see, looking up the, the trailer, it's like two official videos about Resistance and then 20 videos by some neckbeard dude bro who's like <laughs> nah resistance looks terrible because there's like lightning in it and it's not all shadows and I don't get to see like Kylo Ren disembowel someone and I'm just tired of it
1: now here's, here's an interesting question that you talking about The Last Jedi and Solo just popped up in my head do you think that this is a reaction to those movies do you think that Lucasfilm realized okay look we've got you know, we've got a, a more mature set of films on our hands here, but we don't want to lose that kid audience. So let's, mm-hmm. so let's focus the movies on more adult themes and let's work to focus the TV shows on more, or at least the animated TV shows yeah. on more uh, kid friendly themes.
0: Yeah, I would 100% buy that. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if that was just kind of. Unconscious, unconsciously how that kind of developed I feel like um, naturally the live action films are going to be a bit more mature um, even though they are family films Like there's pretty dark stuff in Force Awakens like PG-13 has become this kind of weird sort of intense uh, like it's basically R rating without as much blood right. it's a, a kind of a weird grey area <laughs> Um, even stuff like Marvel films have gotten really intense in the past couple of years, and like I think having that space that allows Star Wars to be for kids and not really get caught up in appeasing um adult sensibilities is a good thing um I'm just excited to see whether or not I, as an adult, who will eventually be writing about the show for kids. For other adults to read about, <laughs> um, what I can hopefully get out of it. Yeah, it'll be uh certainly interesting.
1: All right, so I, I have a little game I want to play with you here.
0: Cool. I'm gonna hey,
1: I'm gonna name like seven or eight Star Wars characters, and oh god, and you're gonna tell me if they're gonna show up in Resistance or not.
0: Sure. Or yes. just, obviously, yes. this is a
1: guess. We're not we're not gonna hold yes. you to anything here. But um, okay, do you think we'll ever see Han Solo in Resistance?
0: Not in the first season. If it does happen, I don't think it will. It might happen. Like, ah, But, like, even if it does happen in the first... I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no.
1: See, I I first thought, well, this is actually the only show that would make sense for him to be a part of. It is. But he's not going to. I I think they're done
0: with him. I I think it would kind of muddy things with the... like, where characters are and what they're doing right. just before The Force Awakens.
1: Yeah. Alright, uh, Laura Santeca.
0: No. For, the, I for think... those
1: that don't remember, that's, that's Max von Sydow's character from The Force Awakens.
0: Oh yeah, he's the guy that showed up for five minutes and everyone thought he was gonna be this, like, super important character, but... I mean, he was important, but, like, the, the fan theories around who Max von Sydow was playing were so like they were on a different planet from what the character actually ended up playing was yeah. um no I'm gonna say no because one of the arcs like the entirety of the Poe Dameron comic book series but especially one of the recent arcs that I've been reading I'm behind on it because I read it on Marvel Unlimited um is about Poe Dameron break- breaking Laura Santeca out of prison oh, okay. so I think that is gonna be where that character lives so i i don't think you'll uh i don't think you'll shop
1: okay do you think that uh there'll be it is probably a throwaway scene where we'll see fn2187 oh
0: i think that would be a good reference i think yeah
1: i i to me that one made that one's the easiest one to do because you don't even need to have uh you know uh a voice actor do that role it's essentially a silent role just you know yeah keep moving fn-2187 you know done. yeah
0: all, all you have to do is have another character point at a random stormtrooper and say the the numbers yeah
1: exactly okay um do you think that we will see any of and again i haven't watched the end of rebels but will there be any connection to rebels the way rebels had a connection to clone wars that, I, that, will be, I will be. That, God, that's more than just one character. I'm sorry, I'm cheating here. But you know, do you think we're gonna see Clone uh, Rebels characters show up?
0: I feel like John McLean's staring down an entire floor full of glass. Um, because I'm trying to avoid spoilers for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, no,
1: you don't have. To, if it's gonna spoil them for me, don't answer it.
0: I don't think so. Okay. I'll be. I'll be very surprised.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough.
0: Purely just because of the the gap in time. Uh, I, I don't know how many of those characters would be active around this uh time period.
1: Right, that's fair. Um, okay, do you think we're gonna see um, oh, I just, her name is out of my head. Laura Dern's character. Um, um
0: what her name? Admiral Holdo. Holdo, thank you. I don't, mm, maybe. Because we, we definitely know that Leia will be appearing. Right. At least for a scene, um, maybe I think it would be a really cool way of, like, m- maybe this is petty of me, but I like the idea that she showed up in Princess of Alderaan. I like the idea of Lucasfilm being like, no, this is a legit character; it's part of the universe. She exists as more than just part of the Last Jedi. Right. So i would, I would hope she's in it, but uh, maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna say I hope so
1: okay uh snap wexley i've given
0: you no solid answers here it's
1: fine that's fine Uh, you know uh snap wexley
0: uh yes i hope so yeah i definitely think so i
1: think so too um i I had one more i have a big one i want to end on but i'm not gonna go there yet i had one more um oh um do you think we will see what is his name he's see this is the problem with the prequels i mean, not the prequels the new movies i've seen them a lot but not enough like i can't pull them out the way i can pull out bosk right you know, those, those, sure. you know yeah. those characters there um a little asty the uh, the new uh oh yeah that uh you know the 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 beastie boys referencing pilot
0: yeah the the alien pilot yeah yeah, I think so. I hope so. I think Black Squadron... I think if, if you're going to be... put him Hems, Snap Wexley, like Black Squadron in something else, it's going to be this. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I
1: certainly hope so too. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that, again, if you're going to... if you're going to bring those characters in some place, it makes sense to do it here. Alright, so two more for you. Um... Which Antilles.
0: Oh wow. Um God, that would be so good. I'm gonna say yes just because I hope, like like secret wise, that if I see it it happens. <laughs> like I, I wanna project that into the world just so that it might happen.
1: That's uh... Yes,
0: I I definitely hope so.
1: Okay. Do you think would that be weird to not have him then appear in the in the films,
0: yeah, probably. I think there's ways of having him show up as like a character who is basically straight up retired, like. Because it's one of those things where, like, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode. I read through all of the Rogue Squadron comic series. Oh, you did. Yeah, I finally finished that. It's actually. There are some pretty good comics. Um, but one of the things that interested me about that is the fact that, like, those kind of characters, like, the, the small group of characters that we knew from the original trilogy are the ones that, like, kept showing up in the Expanded Universe, which is why the characters like Wedge got these kind of massive character bumps when, like, he got, like, what, five or six scenes across the entire trilogy?
1: If that, right?
0: Yeah. But then he became this kind of major power player in the Rebellion thanks to the the Expanded Universe. And I think one of the things that I don't know kind of I'm like kind of hedging my bets here. I don't know if I quite appreciate it with the new canon. Uh, One of the things Aftermath did was have him still be on the table but not be this kind of massive power player um, in the same way that he was in Rogue Squadron. And I think kind of having those characters, kind of transition back into normal life after the Galactic Concordance, after the kind of um, peace time, I think is a good idea. Whether or not they come back for the Resistance is something I don't think necessarily needs to happen. Like I'm the kind of person where I know everyone was mad that you know Akbar died off screen in The Last Jedi or whatever. But I was also kind of a person where I was like, Akbar didn't need to be in Forza Awakens, of The Last Jedi at all. Right. Just because he was a character. It's a, cheap, in the original trilogy. it's a cheap pop. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cheap pop. And the people who think that Akbar should have flown the, the ship into the, the Star Destroyer or whatever crazy people think these days, <laughs> I think are, are very silly and don't quite get how films work. Um,
1: how stories work.
0: What was the point I was trying to make here? Uh, I kind of got what uh, got sidetracked about Wedge and just how we
1: don't need to yeah, see yeah, Wedge. You know. All right. Lap- if
0: Wedge does show up in Resistance, I think it would be very cool. I don't necessarily think he has to, and I think it would be very easy to transition him out of the picture and just be like, "Why is he a pilot now? He's like fifty, right? You know? Yeah. He doesn't have to be fighting with the Resistance. I think was." where I was trying to go with that.
1: Okay, last one. And I think the answer to this is no, but I'm holding out hope here. Oh, I'm bracing myself here. Ray Sloan.
0: God, I... Uh, probably not. Because... I, I don't know how they'd introduce her without her being, like, a key player in the films. Because... I, I don't know what happened to her after aftermath. That's I, to like,
1: me, that's the biggest question of the new canon outside yeah. of the films.
0: Yeah, It's It's I think it's what I was trying to get at earlier on with the the stuff with the new republic and the kind of. Um, I think some of like if I had the biggest complaint about the Force Awakens is that it doesn't do quite enough world building to kind of establish the galaxy. Like, sure, it talks about the New Republic and the Resistance and the First Order and kind of, like, plays these same beats. But there's something about the the lack of, kind of, a character that has a connection to the, the New Republic or, you know, where the First Order came from. Obviously, we know that, like, they, they built themselves up after Jakku, but like there's that kind of ambiguity where Sloan's in charge for a period of time, Then Snoke shows up, and then Snoke takes over, and then Sloan's never heard from again. And then, like, the Phasma novel happens, and Snoke's already in power. And I just kind of like, I want someone to be like, here's the lowdown. Like, here's why you should care about the First Order and what they want. This is why you should care about them destroying the the New Republic. Like, this is what's happening beyond just like Ray's storyline. Yeah. And i hope we get some of that from the show that's kind of like my main hope i doubt we're gonna get as much as i want but uh i guess we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah i don't i really don't know how much the show is going to connect to anything at all and yeah. on on one hand i'm totally fine with that intellectually but on the other yeah hand, like one of the fun things about star wars like i i'm an idiot It took me way longer than I should have to realize that Snap Wexley was Snap Wexley. Like, I knew that there was a... Oh, really? Yeah, like, I, I had read the Aftermath books, and just never really inquired what Greg Grun- Grunberg's name was in The Force Awakens. and then I was Yeah, because, like,
0: cause, like they, they'd never name him on screen. Right,
1: and so one day I was on IMDb, was unrelated, and I was like, holy shit, that's Snap Wexley. Like, it really yeah. blew my mind. And I love stuff. That's fun stuff with Star Wars. Like, so, um and this will kind of transition us slightly into the Rebels chat maybe, but I just finished reading Thrawn a few weeks ago, the first Thrawn novel. Oh, yeah, nice. And um there's Governor Price it's like, a major character in that book. And that yeah. name is dropped like half a dozen times in the first season of Rebels because we're oh, for on sure. Lozall, yeah. you know, the whole time. And um, I was like, oh, man, I had no idea that because I was reading Thrawn as I was starting Rebels. And so I was like, I, sure, it was just funny how these things were connecting, you know. And I think that's one of the great things about the Star Wars universe in general is that, you know. The fact that I get excited when a character from a novel pops up in a TV show, which isn't even part of the main like film universe. It just shows mm-hmm. how insular and how how deep you can go into Star Wars if you want to. And I oh, for and sure. I love that I can do that. I also love though that you don't have to do that. And that you, yeah. you can go to the movies. You can even just go to the saga movies and not miss yeah. anything. Anything of the utmost importance, you know? Um yeah. and so on one hand, I don't really care if Resistance ties in, but on the other, it's so much fun when it does.
0: Yeah. Because I remember having that kind of conversation that may or may not have been a small argument with someone um, after Solo came out um, who kind of got really irritated with the Darth Maul scene because hadn't watched Clone Wars, hadn't watched Rebels, was kind of of the opinion of if I want to watch Star Wars, I'm going to watch the movies, why would I watch the kids' shows? Which, to be fair, I can kind of appreciate. Certainly. I know I kind of shove Clone Wars down people's throats, I think is a really good show. I don't think it's necessary to watch it if you only want to watch the films. Hell if you want to watch the original trilogy, like there's no point to watch Clone Wars to, to expand upon that. And his opinion of Solo was like, why should I watch however many hours of television to understand that Darth Maul's still alive? And I'm like, you don't really like. There's nothing in that scene that requires you to watch all of Clone Wars to understand that Darth Maul's there. Like, the moment that you have where you go, like, hey, wait a minute, I thought that dude was dead. Is the point of him showing up, right? As well as being like, oh shit, Kira's boss's boss is that one guy I knew from that one film. I thought he was dead. Oh my god, how is that possible? At which point someone you know probably goes like, Hey, have you ever seen Clone Wars? Which I think I've mentioned before, I think was part of the reason they had that scene was in order to have that like one deep cut tie for people to be like, Yeah, if you wanna know more about this, you can watch, you know, four seasons of uh Clone Wars, four seasons of Rebels kind of see this character's story beyond like his two film appearances. But, like, there's nothing in there that you have to watch Clone Wars to get. No, because... And that's something I like. Yeah,
1: the context in that in that solo scene is... Darth Maul, the guy you last saw as a Sith, is now a lord of the criminal underground. Yeah. And you can certainly... And he's get,
0: got dope robot legs.
1: Which, I have to say, I didn't even notice the first time I saw Solo. Really? I was just... that
0: that... I, I, I distinctly remember, like the hologram comes up it's like a side view and i see some robot legs and i'm like elbowing my girlfriend next to me being like holy shit is that mall before it cuts the mall and i like lose it in the cinema
1: i mean to be fair i had not seen the mall episodes of clone wars before so maybe that's part of my defense here but i just i also i tend to the first time i see a movie i tend to not pay attention to any little details I,
0: oh, I'm the exact opposite, especially with Star Wars films.
1: No, the first time I go see a movie, I'm just like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and it's like, oh, look, I'm watching yeah. magic, you know. <laughs> I just sit there, yeah. and really take it in, and I, and I, I just, I don't focus on the details too much, which is why the last couple of Star Wars films I've seen twice in two days, like you know, sure. because I, I want to watch it once with my heart on my sleeve, and then I want to watch it once. With a magnifying glass. To, to watch it, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, so so that's that. But I really don't think there was anything in that appearance that was all that... The mystery that was there is still a mystery if you've seen all that other media.
0: Yeah, like you... that, that was kind of the my point of it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that watching Clone Wars kind of gives you that you don't just get from that scene in the context of the film
1: right i agree completely uh any more resistance, but yeah. uh stuff you want to talk about anything in particular
0: i don't think so i think we kind of covered everything that i had on my plate yeah
1: yeah i think so yeah i'm uh, i am very excited to get it started i i'm currently so into rebels it's hard for me to think about another show but, that is definitely fair. But I, uh, you you're, you're,
0: like, I, I think I mentioned earlier. Like, I think Siege of Lothal was the two episodes that really got me into Rebels. I watched, uh, I think I like watched all of season one like a week just before it came out. Um, and like, I, I think Siege Siege of Lothal was the first thing I wrote about Rebels for Multiversity, and that was like ha- the entire article was like, "Hey, I watched the season of Rebels. It was." And it was all right, but then I watched *Siege of the Fall* and Darth Vader shows up. Um, it was literally like eighth grade book report level of just like, and Darth Vader showed up, and I really liked it, and it was cool.
1: But I mean, it, I, I, this is one of the problems with me being lazy and not watching these shows until relatively recently. But I, I can't imagine how much people must have lost their shit when Ahsoka showed up at the end of season one, or when Vader showed up in *Siege of oh, the yeah. Fall, or when um. Uh, rex shows up in the next arc like you know all those moments that i kind of had spoiled for me just because i'm living in in an internet society with with stuff you know Um, well that's a good
0: thing about resistance is that hopefully if you're watching it as it comes out yes you're you're gonna get all these uh these moments because there's like season four rebels stuff that i've been dying to talk to you about for (laughs) months yeah i but we'll get there
1: we, we will get there eventually um, I should say for our listeners, because I I mentioned this last time, but our show is growing by leaps and bounds, which is amazing. Oh, howdy! Is it? And th- thank you, folks. We we truly appreciate this, and we are going to start doing. Uh, I think a second episode per month, starting maybe I would love that. Maybe in October we'll start that once things calm down yeah. a bit. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about is how Multiversity has been doing a lot with Marvel lately. Almost every week we've had a an exclusive preview of the next week's Marvel comic. So, for instance, yeah. uh, when this drops on Friday morning, the night before we'll have posted the preview for next week's issue of Star Wars. Last week we posted oh. an issue of a preview of Darth Vader. And we're doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So check that out, listeners. God,
0: that Darth Vader comic is so good.
1: I So here's I, – I know I take on these big projects and then I hate myself for it. But Yeah? I, but so I think, what's your next one? I think I'm going to try and read all the Marvel Star Wars comics soon.
0: Oh, God. Good. Good God, man. Yeah,
1: so, I don't know, we'll see.
0: They are they are fantastic. There There's like some in there that's some of the side content that's kind of hit or miss. But I say that for a series that recently just hit 50 issues, which in this climate is kind of a godsend for a comic book, especially at Marvel, Star Wars is fantastic. It's rarely had a kind of bum issue. And both seasons of Darth Vader are stellar, and the side issues that we've seen uh, Poe Dameron, Doctor Aphra, that have kind of focused on smaller characters, mm-hmm. definitely amazing. So uh See, the... I certainly hope you make it through them because I want to talk about them.
1: My one, um, my one sort of hesitation with all of this is that I really have a problem with art that is photorealistic to the point of tracing
0: and... oh you mean a certain artist that works on a lot of the Marvel yes
1: yeah Yeah. and so yeah. I am I am not looking forward to like the experience of my eyes taking that in I'm excited for my no, brain I, I'm, taking yeah. it in like the content but I'm not super excited about some of the art choices on those books
0: I'll say it's very jarring for a book to go from like John Cassidy and Stuart and then working with Jason Aaron to art like that. Right. It is not the greatest impression, but um, yeah, it is what it is.
1: I also recognize that I'm a huge hypocrite because we had a preview of, I think it was the Poe Dameron Annual a few weeks ago, and yeah. whoever the artist was, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to. I, I don't want to be mean on the internet. But their version of Leia looked like Billy Crystal. Like it was the oh, it was God. the worst rendering of Leia I've ever seen. And I can't have it both ways. I can't be mad at the photorealism and also be mad when an artist does their own thing.
0: Oh, so, you're not wrong.
1: Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you know, it's um it is tough to walk that line, but I'm excited to walk that line. It is. Um so I just want to say a couple of things about Rebels quickly before we go um that I haven't already said. First of all, I just want to you know, I just want to reiterate how much I'm really enjoying it. It's it's dope, it's fun. Good. Um I want to talk a little bit about you know, cuz one of the th- one of the areas that I think I really wanted to see more of in the Star Wars universe was the direct follow-up of Order 66. Because sure. you know, we know that the clones turn on their Jedi and we mm-hmm. know that the Jedi are wiped out essentially. But we also know that Obi-Wan and Yoda make it out, that we know that now we know you know uh Kanan makes it out. And so mm-hmm. there had to have been more Jedi out there that escaped. Yeah. And I also wanted to I wanted to know more about sort of how the clones reacted to that. Did they Mm -hmm. realize what they did? Did they have remorse? All those questions. And while this show isn't really answering those questions just yet, I I feel like it's playing in that territory a little bit for me. and I like that. I'm I'm happy about that.
0: I would also recommend if you are interested in doing this thing with the um, Marvel comics, both the – Kanan Jarrus series, mm-hmm. as well as the second Darth Vader series, the one that's written by Charles Soule, oh. kind of um, explore that space a little oh, bit. Oh, really? Okay. Which is very cool. Like, So the, I think there's like three major arcs to the, the Kanan series. Mm-hmm. And the first one is like specifically like the moments Order 66 is triggered and Kanan on his own as a Padawan having to like live off the street and dodge clones. You know, okay, it's cool. it's the, the harrowing kind of backstory. That, um, that,
1: if, I, if I read all three arcs of that, that won't spoil my Rebels, will it?
0: No, it's, it's literally like Kanan's backstory. Okay, cool. It doesn't touch the current, um, like, what's going on in Rebels. It's like a, a new dawn in that oh, yeah, way. Because
1: I had read a new dawn, obviously, a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. I think that the show has done a really good job of developing all the characters that are part of the ghost crew without doing like one of the, one of my criticisms of the Clone Wars, and this is a criticism of most television. So it's not a Clone Wars specific, but that if you are somebody who let's say doesn't really care about Maul, you occasionally get three episodes of just Maul. And you're like, ugh, I'm tired of this character. I want to do something else. Right. Rebels doesn't really do that yet. You Mm -hmm. have a pretty good sense of who everybody is. Yeah. Obviously, it's more focused on Ezra uh, mm. and Kanan than anybody else. But I feel like I'm, I have a fair amount of knowledge and interest and empathy for the other characters in the show. And I'm glad about that because I, I hate it when there's a character who just seems like they're being ignored for no reason. And I don't feel that any of these characters are – like I'm, I am legitimately interested to find out more about Sabine because there's, yeah. there's not been a lot about her yet. And I don't know if that will change or not.
0: God, if Amelia doesn't love Sabine, like, I know she's probably, like, into Sabine at this point, but if Sabine isn't, like, an Ahsoka-level character for Amelia by the end of the show, I will be very surprised.
1: She is very upset that the Sabine on her T-shirt has blue hair. Because she, she, she has a <laughs> shirt that says Girls Rule the Galaxy, and it has yeah. uh, Leia, Sabine, uh, Padme, and uh, Ray on it. And that mm-hmm. she hasn't seen just straight up blue-haired Sabine yet, so she's a little yeah, but that's like that's a typical six year olds you know uh, problem with the show um, and uh sort of my last note on it is just that I am really curious about the inquisitors mm-hmm. and I, I don't yeah. know if we're gonna learn if I'm gonna learn more about them
0: um get a little further into it, and then we will we will we will touch on that again.
1: Cool. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's a bunch of things in in the Clone Wars and then in this that seems to a little bit put in question the rule of two, like mm-hmm. the Sith. You know, just the fact that, you know, Dooku had an apprentice when he himself was an apprentice. Yeah. You know, sort of um you know, messes with that. But then the Inquisitors seem to certainly be some sort of They're they're Sith adjacent if they're not Sith themselves, yes I'm interested to hear about more of that later. But yeah, I'm I'm super enjoying it right now. And I'm also really enjoying Dark Disciple, which, you know, I'm you and I are gonna be writing about for Multiversity in a week or two, uh, when I finish this book. Um and uh like you said, I don't know how those would have looked as episodes of uh of Clone Wars. Yeah. There's a lot of like hot and steamy stuff happening between Ventress and uh and Quinlan Voss.
0: Yeah, there is. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very excited to break that down because uh, I think that's one that I've kind of shied away from talking about because there is... There's some stuff that happens in the tail end of that book that I don't want to talk about. It, like, partly for just general Clone War spoilers and then spoiling the book. So okay. I'm excited to, to dig into that.
1: Cool, yeah. And um, I also had the thought that i'm sure they won't be coming out all at the same time but we're gonna have three star wars shows next year
0: yeah as as long as the live action show still happening yeah apparently
1: it is uh so theoretically either next year or in 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 2020 we will have three star wars
0: shows wow that's way okay i remember like 10 years ago when George Lucas kept, not more than 10 years ago, probably about 15, kept talking about, do you remember Star Wars Underworld?
1: The the show that he supposedly wrote 100 episodes of? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember when he kept talking about that, and for some reason, any time it would show up in a magazine, I would get very excited, and it would never happen. So the idea of a legit live-action Star Wars show, I am gonna be there.
1: I wanna say, was that the show Kevin Smith was briefly involved with? maybe there was a time that kevin smith was was connected to a star wars live action show
0: and kevin smith connected to like pretty much every major property at one point or another yeah,
1: more or less i think especially at that time like that's before he was smodcast kevin mr smith. podcast yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny how we both knew exactly where i was going with that um but yeah no i i um
0: God, Lucas proposed four hundred episodes. Yep. Jesus Christ! I, man. I
1: remember him saying that he had uh, that he had enough episodes. I want to say he said for something like twenty-five or thirty seasons. And God, uh, just... and people
0: want him back. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but somebody had said that that that's one of the properties they might mine for books in the future. Is like yeah,
0: take, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, that be cool. cool.
1: because you could probably take thirty of his shitty scripts into one novel. Yeah, you know, oh man, four hundred episodes! My goodness,
0: <laughs> I... can you imagine how many Jar Jar episodes there would have been? Uh, and on that note, yeah. <laughs> uh, but before we go,
1: have have you read anything recently?
0: Um, other than so, I've been reading through a lot of the expanded all of the expanded universe, the Legends comics on Marvel uh, Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I recently finished the Rogue Squadron stuff. I read the Heir to the Empire comic adaptation, okay. which, perhaps a controversial opinion, I actually kind of dug more than the film, the film, the novel. <laughs> there, there was something about the artwork, the way it parsed, the details that were in the dialogue more than the prose. There, there's a lot of like people saying something that's happened kind of quote-unquote, off-screen to kind of tie up the notes, okay. uh, tie up the dots of the the plot and the novel that I think kind of works just a little bit more in the comic, and I really dug that. Um, I'm reading Shadows of the Empire currently, and I'm going to be finishing up Tales of the Jedi in the next kind of few things, so love that. I, I need to get around to reading the new Thrawn novel yeah. before I die, because um, <laughs> Like at this point, I, the 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 pile just keeps getting bigger, um, and I keep eyeing Legends of Luke Skywalker because, hopefully, that's what we're gonna tackle next yeah. after uh, Dark Disciple. Yeah.
1: Um. Did you read uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan recently?
0: No. You, I haven't read that uh, yet.
1: That I am really there's like there's two parts of that novel in particular that I cannot wait to talk to you about. Cool. So okay.
0: Is, have you done a boot club on that before? We, we have, yes. Okay. Yeah, that'll cool. I'll I will get to that eventually I mean,
1: then. What what has to happen, Alice, is we have to find a way to turn all these new listeners into uh personal patrons for us so we can quit our jobs and just sit at home and read Star Wars novels all day.
0: Yeah. If that if that could happen, I will die happy.
1: <laughs> you heard it here, listeners. And, and if you want if you want Alice to die happy one day, <laughs> we have to find just a way send to send me money to read yeah. Star Wars books,
0: <laughs> or or if we can get Del Rey to just send me the books so that I don't actually have to go out and spend money on. You
1: still them. have to read them then.
0: Yeah, but reading them is not spending twenty quid on them.
1: That is that is certainly true. That is certainly true. You heard it here first, Del Rey. <laughs> so
0: um, please send me books. <laughs>
1: so aside from reviewing uh rebel uh no rebels excuse me resistance and talking with me about dark disciple where can folks find you on the internet alice
0: um i will as always be on alice w castle on twitter um and probably on various other social medias that i've forgotten about over the years and as always i can be found on multiverse comics i'm hoping to do more stuff with the site soon uh now that my real life has kind of evened out a little bit, so hopefully you'll find me writing there. You just did a nice interview and this
1: week that went up a couple of days I ago. I did,
0: yeah. with uh, Ryan O'Sullivan and Andrea Muti about Fearscape, which is a good-ass looking comic. Yeah, you should that. read that interview. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I'll be writing about Resistance starting next month. Yeah. Yeah, where can people find you on the internet, uh, Ryan?
1: As always, doing too much at multiversitycomics.com. Uh, this week we'll, just, we'll publish the... Um, the Bad Batch, which is the, the second of the story reels for uh, – the second batch of story re- reels for uh, The End of the Clone Wars. Uh, so I'll be doing that. Um, always on Twitter, at Brian BrianNeedsAnep. E. And if any of our listeners are going to be at New York Comic Con, tweet at me, at Brian BrianNeedsAnep. E. We'll hang out. We'll get a pretzel or something. And um, we'll make funny faces at Timothy Zahn. I think he's going to be there again. So we'll, we'll go to the Delray booth and just you know wave at authors and stuff together so yeah
0: and probably like at me as well if you're going to meet up with brian so that i can like wallow in self pity or something
1: no we, we just we just need to get you to new york comic-con next year
0: yeah just smuggle me into the country yeah
1: well you know hey uh as star wars fans smuggling is something we are intimately aware of
0: that is very true yeah. if, if someone has like millennium falcon like themed luggage i can hide in that'll be great
1: yeah well you're a relatively uh slight person we can get you a piece of luggage
0: i mean yeah but i'm tall like it has to be like long
1: we just need to get somebody who has like a uh, an upright base case (laughs) (laughs) put you in there and hope for the best
0: yeah just like hope i don't fall out the underside of the plane yeah
1: exactly uh, no, but next year is Multiversity's tenth birthday, so New York Comic Con's gonna be lit, so
0: that's gonna be great. Right.
1: We we have to we have to work on getting you over here for next year.
0: I, I will do my best. Yeah. I, I know you will. And yes, I think that is going to be an episode. Look out for us next month. Hopefully doing a reactions episode to the first episode of Resistance. I'll be either part reactions, part kind of uh, commentary as we watch it. We'll figure that out as we go and uh, watch the space for straight up just more Force Ghost content because, uh, like Brian said earlier, this podcast is growing farther than we uh, really expected it to, so we're going to try to put out as much more Force Coast as we humanly can to say our listeners. Um, I'm certainly hoping to get at least a side show going. Um Specifically about the Marvel comics, because I'd like to talk about those more. Um, yeah, but yeah. We have some
1: plans. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. We've got some plans. But until then, may the Force be with you.
1: Hello podcast listeners, we're the hosts of the DC3 cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics,
0: focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors.
1: We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, to no no end Bad Dendedio impressions, This is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week. Join us every Wednesday morning at MultiversityComics.com, Apple
0: Podcasts, or your podcaster of choice. Come get juergens with us.